Greetings, friends. This is Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. Gareth Wheeler alongside my main man, Mr. TV, Mr. Good-looking himself. It is Terry Dunfield. What's going on, Dunfield? What's going on, brother? Or should I call you Dunf? Because I turned on the television, what was it, Wednesday morning? I knew morning. you weren't going to let this go. Terry's on air with Jay and Dan on TSN. Now, they called you Dunf, but what did Jay Onright call you after that? So they, the, I, the first test? of all, I didn't know that this was on air. I thought we were just warming up and getting going for when when he's actually going to use the content. So he starts off. I thought he was just loosening me up a bit. So what, what's your nickname? What do you go by? And I and I said Dumpf. In Canada, I go by Dumpf. And uh, I, came have, from, I have never called you Dumpf. It came in my from life. Lars Hirschfield. Uh, and it's the Dumpf has arrived. So uh, <laughs> I kind of like that. It's powerful, and you got to really commit to Dumpf. It can't just be Dump. Dump. It has to be like that. And then he said, what did they used to call you in England? And my nicknames in England were Tez and Tell. So in London, it was Tell. Uh, and in Manchester, it was Tez. And then if I was having a good day in Manchester, it was Super Tez. So we spent the whole time, <laughs> instead of talking about Chivas and TFC's biggest game nicknames. in TFC history, we, we just spoke about Tez, Tell, and Dump. Right. I, I, I love Dump. Dump's like a truck. Truck, truck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so I gotta pick it. I gotta like. I don't know what I call you. Terrible Terry. I call you terrible because you're mean. You call me Tell though sometimes, I, don't you? I have never called you Tell or Tell. Is it just Terry? Once. I don't know what I call you. Big, uh, big boy. I'm going to come up with something. I, I will absolutely come up with something. Well, Tez, Tell, Dump, we got a lot to get to on this podcast. So we're shelving the high five for this week. I know it's your favorite segment. Are you going to be able to carry on with the rest of this podcast? Yeah. Not doing the high five. High five. Do you want to just give me one? There you go. <laughs> that was so Got bad. Got that out of the way. But we will I just have... threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> well, what else is new? Um, we will have a Wheeler Waistband and a Dunfield Dumpster uh, a little bit later on. So we will do that. But so much to get to. Game in Colorado. First leg against Chivas. And looking ahead to two games this upcoming week. So let's get straight down to business. And with all due respect to the MLS game in Colorado, we need to start off with Tuesday night at BMO Field. We'll start big picture, then go kind of work through some of the intricacies. But TFC lose to Chivas to Guadalajara. 2-1 in the first leg of the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, The way that I characterize the night is being disappointment, uh, disappointing. And it's based upon what the expectations were. You're at home in the first leg. You beat Tigres in the first leg. You beat Club America in the first leg. The expectation was that the team would follow suit. But Chivas put forward what was a very good defensive performance, gave Toronto FC a different look, and it turned out to be a very good game of football, albeit mistakes creeped into Toronto FC's game and inevitably cost them in the long run. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think the emotion of the game, the occasion, and when I watched it the first time, I I, I had the same feeling. I I was a little bit unsatisfied, a a touch disappointed, considering how far the clubs come, the performances so far in the tournament. But when I took that emotion away and rewatched the game, I thought TFC actually played very well. Created six or seven good opportunities, conceded two uncharacteristic goals, goals that they definitely would want back. 
and uh, can can do better on. So I, I think the positives going down to Guadalajara are that TFC can break down this Chivas team and create chances. And I think if you're not creating chances, then you have a bigger problem. And I think if you flip the switch, Chivas didn't really break TFC down too much. I thought TFC defensively were good. And, and I remember watching the first 10 minutes of the game, uh, and I was like, holy like this team is incredible the way they defend the tempo that they play at and i and i think tfc were just a little bit caught in the headlights and once they got to grips with this high press 1v1s duels all over the park i thought the team played quite well in and, and let's be honest it came down to conceding the first goal so soon it was like 66 67 seconds in and it was kind of shock and awe and you've been part of teams that concede very early in, in games. I think we all have before. And when that happens, when it goes against script, Terry, because TFC has been very good defensively, especially at home, it takes you a, a, you know, a few minutes to get your bearings and say, okay, what happened? And get your foot back in on the game. And that's what I thought happened. Yeah, you're almost like, holy smokes. This, yes. this, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen. And one thing that can happen when you play these Mexican clubs, is, as I've witnessed firsthand here with Toronto FC, is... Once they sort of smell blood, they can turn the screw, and that one can turn to two, three, and four, and all of a sudden, the tie's over. The CONCACAF Champions League run is finished. So credit to TFC. They regrouped, and just getting into this first goal, I don't even think it was the cheapest throw in the first place. If, if you look back at it, Ashton Morgan doesn't touch it. It goes off a cheapest player. It should have been a TFC throw. Jonathan Azorio's high. He's not providing that screen. Brizuela gets in behind into a space to put the cross in that he should never have gotten if Azorio's back. And there's a push on Auro to just create that little bit of separation. Yes, it's a good finish from Pizarro, uh, but it, the throw should have never happened in the first place, and the linesman's two steps away from it. Right, and, and that, that's an absolute fair point, but we've seen that happen plenty of times in every match of football good point. where a throw-in will be given to one team and it should have gone the other way. Azorio and Mavinga were both caught up, and you simply cannot give a player the touchline to go in and put in a cross undisturbed. Like, Brazuela had all the time in the world to pick whatever pass. It, it was a clever um, uh, dummy by Goldenez to let the ball run to Pizarro, but I just don't like the fact that he was able to put in that cross to begin with. And that's something, like, I don't know. Like, I've been watch, we've been watching this version of Toronto FC for so long. And I can't remember another time where they've just because the, the the players on the, the the fullbacks have been so good at limiting opportunities and crossing situations, and for that ball to come in at that time, I think it surprised Auro, the the other center backs that. Brazuela had so much time and space. And, and one of the strengths of this system, playing 3-5-2, is, is Mavinga and Morgan and Azor. You, you get protection, and you're almost numbers up in these deep throwing situations. Yes. And TFC, one of their strengths as isn't well. That, sorry, Terry, isn't the textbook just like crowd that space? Don't allow, force the throw to go back. Don't allow it to go forward. Yeah, worst case scenario, they can go back and, and, and then you sort of reset and yes. get higher up the pitch. But Jonathan Azorio, he was supposed to be the screen in front of Morgan and Mavinga. I think maybe he thought it was going to be a TFC throw. Possibly he was sleeping a little bit. But another thing TFC do so well is they... They break the game down well. They, they start halves well. They start games well. And very rarely do you see TFC concede after a goal or in big moments. So it, it wasn't the scripted start that the 30,000-plus amazing fans thought that they were going to get. Uh, but, but TFC soon regrouped. Yeah. It, it, it took about 10 minutes, in fairness, to get into the game. And it, 
for, I was calling the game solo on radio, and it was incredibly difficult to distinguish one Chivas player from the other because their jerseys with the red and white stripes with the it's dark number, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot read their number. I started writing down who's wearing what color shoes and what made it more difficult because typically when calling the Polito, game, orange boots helped you out a bit. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the, 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 there was other, there were a couple other players wearing orange boots. So it was like Brazuela blue, uh, Pineda and white. I hope the context of this is taken the right way. There were, they were all similar profile players. Players as well. A lot of players, sort of five ten, five eleven, with when you couldn't really tell dark hair. You couldn't. Well, the, even, the numbers Mexican, were. In they're all yeah. Mexican nationals, but it wasn't just that. It was the fact that all the players. They, they didn't defend or play in their own particular zone. They all moved all over the place. So the left back was playing. The you know like left wing or in center central midfield the central midfield player was playing center back the center <laughs> forward was playing playing right midfield they were all over the show it's a perfect storm oh my for a gosh. broadcasting nightmare it's so <laughs> it was confusing enough to broadcast it it could just imagine what it was like on the field because tfc typically plays teams that are positionally positionally solid but the fact that there were man marking and marking all different positions all over the field, it was a little bit confusing out of the shoot. If if Javinko would have gone for a dump, see what I'm doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I think Perez. Perez would have followed him right into the toilets. I've not seen man on man defending like that for ten years. It was it was incredible to see. And and I thought Javinko, not to sort of hop all over the place here, but I I thought Javinko managed it quite well he, he his temperament was excellent and i thought he drew fouls in in, in the right areas and uh almeida's gone on about this was a world-class performance from perez I, i'm not too sure about that i thought that it was a great my analysis i thought it was good but i, I thought javinko still was the better of the two but sure the, the, the defending and the way chivas tracked tfc players all over that pitch. There was 1v1 duels everywhere. It, it reminds me of a game I play in the academy where you're man-on-man, man, 8v8, uh, 18 to 18, but you can only tackle your man in possession. So you've got 1v1 duels everywhere. And, and to win this game, you've got to be brave and you've got to beat players and, and, and go past players. And it's so important. I, I said it on the TV broadcast side of things that you have to have a picture in your head. You have to know what you're going to do with that ball before it comes to you. And I thought after 10 minutes, TFC started to get that. Right. I think you're. I think you're spot on that Javinko did well. I asked Greg Vanny about it uh, earlier today. He was a little bit dismissive, saying, "Well, they were man marking certain players all over the pitch." But that was the one high-profile matchup that you watched and saw. Wherever Javinko went, Perez went, and he was a central midfield player, and he was almost playing like a third center back. So I thought he did extremely well. Like it would have been fun to have, uh, you know, the Sky Sports player cam. Oh yeah, on, on just that jewel. It, it it was it was fascinating to watch and that was the type of player that I was back in the day that's what it reminded what, me of Javinko? Perez no 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 because whether I, I remember one particular uh, Ontario Cup final as a teenager my job was to mark out their best striker and I was kind of a defensive midfield player but I went wherever he went same thing in uni I went wherever Nicky Budelich the uh, Orlando City general manager in, he played for Laurier, I played for Western. 
wherever he went, I shadowed him. And my coach would tell me, if he goes to take a dump, you're going to go with him. And that's exactly what that was. And Almeida's a, like, that's the type of player he was as an international with Argentina. And I have... I could appreciate the fact that he's guarding and trying to try to mar- man mark the most difficult player to mark on the field in Sebastian Javinko. So I give him full credit for that. It's funny how your sporting life and soccer career actually transcends it into does. real life. Because talking to Brenna, she said you man marked her <laughs> everywhere, and eventually you got a wife. I won. I won it. I, I won that. You one won out. that duel. Yeah, uh, but you I'll say definitely this, did. As, She's I, a smoke show. I, as 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 good as Perez was. I thought the midfielder in front of him, in Pineda, in the first half, the first 45 minutes, I thought he was money. I thought he did a very nice job just kind of controlling the game. In the second half, it kind of changed in TFC. I thought really had the fr- were on the front foot, finishing, creating chances. I think that final ball needs some improvement. But I really liked the way that Pineda played for Chivas in the first half. Pineda, Pineda or Pineda? Pineda. Pineda, 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 number seven, yeah. wearing the white boots. I've got him, cir- <laughs> I've got him circled here. Yes, stars beside him uh, from the TV broadcast, and very few players get me horny. If I'm honest, <laughs> where I'm like, this guy is Don't a very horny baby. <laughs> where, I, where I think to myself, easy there, you know Tess. I really <laughs> easy there, super Tess. Uh, where I, where I. I'll Google a player, and, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this boy's special. This boy can play. And uh, that was one of the best midfield players I've seen, with all due respect to our midfielders, who I think are awesome. One of the best players, midfield performances coming to BMO in the last sort of half I'm with decade. You. He was I excellent. thought he was awesome. He's played for Mexico, uh, scored for Mexico. He's only 21, 22. Uh, they, they brought him in. He didn't come through the academy, but uh, he's got a little bit of everything, doesn't he? He can defend. He can go past a player. He, he's, he can get cover so much of the pitch, but uh, our own captain, Mike, Michael Bradley, I thought he was excellent on the night as well. Yep. Um, I, I just, I'm, I like how we haven't even chatted about this. This is the first time we've talked about that match, but that was the one player I wanted to bring up because it's extremely difficult playing the style of play that Chivas does where they're marking all over the place. There was all kinds of room in the middle. He covered a remarkable amount of ground and was a threat attacking-wise and did his job defensively as well. But with that being said, TFC, I thought they responded well once they got a, you know, got a grasp in practice, which is different than watching tape, Terry. Being out there in practice, seeing what the other team's doing, once they figured that out, I thought they did really well. I thought that Altador became an absolute force, despite being sick on the field. Coming back for the ball, being able to hold off his man, and TFC rec- realizing that Chivas wasn't going to front him. They were just going to allow the big man to come and get the ball, and they were going to try to defend off him. But it came through Altador, the goal in the 19th minute. Came high, got the ball, got on it. Really nice through ball to Marky Delgado. Then put himself in a position to make the goalkeeper, Jimenez, make a decision. Played it right through the six-yard box. Goalkeepers hate that. And who else? Um, he's been great in this competition. Jonathan Azoria with the goal at the far post. Brave as well, barreling into the back post as well, getting it. Knocks me off the podium as well, unfortunately, for a CONCACAF Champions League leading goal scorer. It was going to happen, though, Terry. Couldn't happen to a better guy. I'm so happy <laughs> and for And a fellow him. Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... You just uh, altered <laughs> when you When you talk about... <laughs> when you talk about... 
um, how you beat this one-on-one defending in duels. And some of it is by beating your man 1v1. And some of it's passing and moving. And I think that's how the goal happened. And Marky Delgado was key on it. It was his ball around the corner into Javinko. And he, he, he didn't stop and watch his pass and, 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 and sort of keep his shape. He kept his run forward. It was some good pulled-up play by Javinko. Eventually, it comes to Altidore. He, nice little takeover there. And Delgado got half a yard on his check, makes another forward run. He, he recognizes that Javinko and Altidore had dropped deep, so he now becomes TFC's highest attacking player. And, and he showed nice composure to just slide the ball across, put it on a plate for Azorio. And as you said, it was a brave finish at the back post. Azorio scored in each and every series in the CONCACAF Champions League. And what I've noticed... I that. No, sure you did. <laughs> uh, what I like is typically those secondary attacking threats from TFC last season came from the fullback positions. This year, it seems like it's Delgado and Azorio getting a lot further up, and the fullbacks are picking their spots a little bit more. Do you notice that a little bit? Because, like, and, and I've noticed this over the course of all the legs, quite frankly. Maybe it's just the style of play in the CONCACAF Champions League where the fullbacks can't gamble as much, but Azorio and Delgado being right there, front and center, playing off those strikers in the absence of Victor Vasquez. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we've seen Auro get forward at times and, and pick his moments. I, I think you lose the... the I don't I was going to say Kamikaze, but it's not Kamikaze. The... Justin Moore, you know, is going to get forward. He, he's going to bomb forward at, at any opportunity. He doesn't des- even need an opportunity. Yeah, and, and it, it suits TFC's system well. And I think with Mavinga's athleticism behind him, you're able to gamble and get forward. But but with his injury, so maybe you don't see that same threat from Ashton Morgan. He stays at home a little bit more. He's he's more of a, a defender than, say, winger that, that Morrow's kind of – morphed himself into but yeah the the deeper runs from midfield in particular Delgado pass pass the front uh pass the front two is, is just added another dimension to TFC's attack I don't think you see Jonathan Azorio running past the front two as much I, I still think he wants a ball to feet uh but but he's gambled and, and got himself into some great position and he's been rewarded in this competition yes yeah, um TSN turning point of the match for me came in the 43rd minute great interplay between Javinko and Althador little give and go back heel by Seba to Josie he's on the near post puts it straight at the goalkeeper Jimenez difficult because he, that that angle wasn't completely there didn't open up for him but if Altador if he finishes in that op- opportunity I think TFC go on and win that match by multiple goals yeah that came in when TFC the peak of probably TFC's or the height of TFC's performance on the night they they had a great spell after scoring in the 19th minute Altador had a chance as well after some nice combination play in the 32nd minute where Azorio he just got caught under his feet after a back heel from Azorio, but I love that move. Some of the interplay between Javinko and, and Eltador was great. Nice little one-two. Again, a back heel from Javinko and Eltador. I, I, I think he does everything right. It's just a good save from him Jimenez. Keeper it was, was a in a bit, good position, wasn't he? Yeah, it was a little bit unconventional. And look, this guy's only played seven or eight career games. games that's one it. Liga MX game, and that was where he got pumped three on the weekend. So I thought the 28-year-old came in and did well. And, uh, he could the uh, angle well made was, himself big. It was almost, it was almost too bad that halftime came came upon us. Right, because TFC were really pushing at that stage. Uh, people were freezing. People needed to go in and just warm up for a few. I like how you're speaking on behalf, man of the people. No, I, I've 
listen, I one, I am the man of the people. Two, <laughs> people were telling me, like, I, I was in the booth, and you know when, like, I love to keep the window open because I just love to feel the atmosphere come in. Smell the chippy. Yeah, and, and, it, and it was cold. It was, people were saying, it, it was minus, minus cold. For you to say it's cold. It was minus two. <laughs> they said it felt like minus 20 out there. And the snow coming down, the visuals were phenomenal on television. And like the, the, the still photography on the night looked brilliant. But it looked like that scene out of A Christmas Carol at the end when snow Scrooge globe. comes good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the snow's coming down on him and he's handing him money out. What die is it? It's Christmas die. Unfortunately, didn't play out that way. We'll walk you through the second half and let you know what kind of adjustments need to be made ahead of the second leg. All that coming up. Wheeler and Dunf with you. This is Come On Your Reds. good stick. This is Come On Your Reds. Wheeler and Dunfield with you at Wheeler TSN at Terry underscore Dunfield, a.k.a. The Dump. Um, let's talk about the halftime adjustments. Uh, when we left you in the pond, it was 1-1. Tuesday night, first leg, Chivas to Guadalajara, Toronto FC at BMO Field, CONCACAF Champions League final. There was an adjustment at halftime with Chris Mavinga, who gave it a go, came out of the game. Now, the good news, it wasn't because of a recurrence of this nagging groin injuries experience. It was merely cramping, which brought Eric Zavaleta, the, Eric Zavaleta that is, into the game and a change of shape for Toronto FC, a 4-4-2. I speculated before the game, Terry, go back, listen on the pod, that potentially Aro would play a more advanced role, and he did step into the midfield, and I thought the TFC looked good adding that extra player in the midfield, changing their system just a wee bit. Yeah, just the way Chivas played, I think formations kind of went out the window a little bit, and uh, TF Greg Vanny just matched them up a touch, and, and I think TFC were, that move put them even more in the ascendancy. It, it was a it was kind of a disjointed 4-4-2 because Azorio drifted to the left, but he still wanted to come inside. He was yeah. ahead of Morgan. Then you had Delgado and Bradley in the middle, and then Auro on the right. So so it was kind of a, a shifted midfield four to the right, which allowed Ashton Morgan to get forward at times. Uh, and and I, think, uh, I think it worked. I think it was a smart move. Uh, and a chance came right out of the shoot. Marky Delgado just a couple minutes in. Was it 46th or 47th minute? 46th? Yeah, just before the 47th minute. And it was... It was uh, Again, it started down that left-hand side, and, and with that imbalance, Javinko started to get some joy just drifting into that pocket on the left-hand side. Some great individual skill, puts it on a plate across the direct game channel for Marky Delgado to run onto, and he just lost his head a little bit. I think he, like, slide-tackled the ball over the net. I, th- I think maybe he could have taken a touch, but at minimum there, you, you need to work the goalkeeper. Yes, 100% you do. Um Chivas sat back Another good forward a run, little though. bit more. And this was the thing. After scoring a goal so early, we kind of speculated ahead of again if Chivas scored, whether they play defensively. Well, you can't do that from the first minute. You can't just simply defend for 89. But they did play a little bit deeper in, in the second half of play. And they were allowing Toronto FC center backs to get on the ball a little bit more. So you saw a lot of Drew Moore pressing forward and Eric Zavaleta pressing forward. Not that they can't. But it's not the ideal scenario for Toronto FC when you have so many other players that are just attack-minded and you love to have them on the ball a little bit more. Class from you, Wheels. I was hoping you would bring this up about 
TFC center halves having a little bit of joy stepping into the play. And the, when you play man v man, you can't go man v man on the center back. So TFC's kind of outlet or, the, or the, where they were getting possession was with their center halves. And Chivas almost invited them to step in. And I thought technically Zavaleta and Moore were excellent when they stepped into that p space. And they, they probably didn't want to keep going, but it, it was, was there. On, yeah, it was yeah. there. And, and they stepped forward. And in particular, Moore had a great chance. It was a nice passing pattern sequence where it, in the end it kind of got caught under his feet but I think going into the second leg TFC might look at, at, at utilizing that more stepping into that space with the ball. So is there an alternative? Because we always joke around well that's a touch of a center back or that's a, that's a defender <laughs> shot you know what I mean? Yeah. Like typically you want to see different players pick up the ball in that area and that's with all due respect it's just th th that's why defenders are defenders and attackers are attackers so what can you do Terry? Like you, you've had to have seen this before over your career. Yeah th th I think that's where you want center halves who are comfortable on the ball and I, I think you need to pick the right moments and the moments are when TFC are in a set attack when they're in Chivas's half. You don't want to be doing that in your own half, taking unnecessary risk. Because if Chivas do press high and turn the ball over in a good area, they're 30 yards away from your goal. So I think your moments are in when they're, you, you've got Chivas pinned back a little bit and your sort of overload is in that center half position. And, and I think you need to be clever, as TFC were, and create that space. So Bradley, Delgado, Azurio, just stepping away from that midfield zone to open up that space for either Zavaleta, Moore, or if Mavinga starts to step in there. And of the three center halves, I think Mavinga's probably the best suited to step forward with that ball. Um, do you want to just get to the goal? Then I have a couple other talking points I want to, I want to touch on. But Alan Polito, it's the good old shot cross. Like, that's what it was. He, he, like, in fairness, it's not quite the Ronaldinho against David Seaman 2002 <laughs> World Cup. No, but seriously. But you still don't even know whether Ronaldinho meant that. I, I think it, I think he, I, I don't, he says that he intentionally took a shot at target, but that. I'm not having it either. I don't think that Polito was having no a chance. shot on tar target either. I think he was just trying to put it to the back post. In that wind at BMO field, we've seen it so many times, it just makes the ball duck down. Remember the Nick LeBrocca goal? Were you on that team where he put it out oh, from like part of 45 yards out and the ball just sailed and dipped right in the south end? Like, I've seen that happen so many times and... I think it's a little harsh that Alex Bono's taken some criticism. He's man he manned up right away and said, look, it's on me. I was out of position. The team has come to his defense and say, well, he's made some massive saves, which he has. But I give the assist to the win right there because that was a prototypical shot cross where Polito was rewarded for his efforts. Yeah, when you're in that sort of wide position there, a little bit off the touchline, maybe 25, 30 yards out, you with on a right foot in swinging ball you just want to whip it with as much pace to the back post that if it misses everybody it's going to sneak in and we've seen that happen on numerous occasions but P Paludo sorry Polito almost overhits it a little bit it's too high and then as you said when you're playing towards that south end there's there's definitely a wind at BMO it gets caught up in the wind a little bit and it's almost a freak goal I love the fact that Bono's brave he's come off his line he's taken a ton of crosses and he just gets caught underneath it a little bit and a lot of the times without that wind a goalkeeper is able to get back and just touch it over the post yeah. but it just turned into an absolutely gnarly cross and, and and TFC are a little bit unlucky we've seen goals like that we'll see him again honestly I feel like it's just one of the 
when you put the ball into the mixer like Polito did, then good things can happen. And he hit it well. Yeah, and it, it was a it was a vicious ball. And and before the game, when we were, were teeing it up uh, on TorontoFC.ca on our podcast and, and, and various platforms, we spoke about this Chivas team that they don't give a whole bunch away and they might not have the attacking threat that Tigres had in Club America. And I think we saw that on last week and that they didn't create a whole bunch of opportunities, uh, but they but they also defend well. They're not going to give you a ton of chances. And if TFC are going to win this competition, they 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 can't give anything away. And and I think both goals, uh, when when Greg Vanny and the team look at them, they were preventable. Right. They weren't TFC weren't really broken down. Do you know the story behind this Polito guy, Alan Polito? He was kidnapped for twenty four hours. Um, his wife's girlfriend was kidnapped. Relative. His girlfriend was kidnapped as well. At the same time. At the same time. Well, and and Polito disarmed the kidnappers by taking their mobile phone away from one of them and calling the police. So, and he was rescued. So this no, this no, guy was kidnapped. So so he, he this guy's an absolute hero. Yes, he's, he's like Jason Bourne. So him and his girlfriend get kidnapped. They were he out. talks his way. Right. So he's just moved back from from Greece. From, so he's their highest uh, record signing, seventeen million. Comes back from Greece. For 17 mil, so all of a sudden the kidnappers are seeing dollar signs. No kidding. Him and his girlfriend are kidnapped. He talks his way, Morgan Freeman style, out of his girlfriend being kidnapped. So his girlfriend's relinquished. So he's now still kidnapped. He runs away. He like sneaks out, gets to a phone, and like saves himself and right. his girlfriend. And this was like 18 months ago. And two he was years ratted ago. out to the kidnappers by. Um, by his cousin or someone, someone that's like a relative, ratted him out. And this guy, Jason Bourne style. So if you get done by a goal by a guy who got out of his own kidnapping, you know that's pretty badass. So I, use, I want to give him a I shout out. That, it's I, crazy. I actually, it's funny. In our, our last team talk before training uh, with the under-15s, uh, I spoke to the group, and they're complaining that we had to go over to Downsview Hangar and train on AstroTurf. And I said, listen, dude. Soft. This player who's going to play tonight for Chivas Guadalajara just got kidnapped, and you're complaining about yeah. playing on perfect AstroTurf at the hangar. Right. Come right. on, guys. Suck it up. I can't believe he still plays in Mexico. Like, wouldn't you, like, you could go play in MLS, you can go back and play overseas. He's still there. He's still the he same was club. kidnapped. And, and you, look at the, <laughs> you look at the big dogs well, in England, uh, uh, Steven Gerrard and, and all these players, and this sucks that their houses have been broken into and, and their right. wives, and they lose watches. And straight away, the house is up for sale. I want to transfer. I, I don't, okay, Gerrard's a bad example because he was at Liverpool for 40 years. Right. But players all of a sudden are selling their house and this guy just goes back on and then just gets back to no business. No kidding. That is badass. Uh, Toronto FC end up losing 2-1. I thought that Javinko should have earned a penalty. Uh, Perez took him down in the box. I would have given a penalty. I wouldn't have. No? No. Okay. And I'm not just trying to be difficult. I, I don't think he gets any ball, uh, but I don't think there's enough in it. That There's some contact uh, with his upper body, but uh, I think Javinko does extremely well. Uh, I thought the layoff to him was a little bit early. I think the the pass could have been timed a little bit better, uh, but not a penalty for me. Uh, and the referee, I thought, did very well on the game because he realized that he didn't want to affect the second leg. So Michael Bradley could have been cautioned for a challenge. I think it was 
It was, it was, maybe it was Pineda. I, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone on Chivas certainly could have been cautioned as well. But he wanted to make sure these players could play in the final. It's a ridiculous rule by CONCACAF that they don't rinse the cards before, you know, the, the two-legged final. Uh, playing seven games and expecting players to get by with only one card. No, it's a There's joke. There's no leniency. So I like how the referee compensated. Should we, should we just throw that in the dumpster right now? Sure, I have one other thing I want to throw in the... I'm going to throw... Let's throw that in the dumpster. Okay, that's I'm fine. I'm also throwing in the waste bin. These coffee shops need to do something about their coffee cups. Look at I just got coffee all over my leg. Mm. Where, whether you go to any coffee place and you get a coffee to go, they always have leaky, leaky cups and leaky lids. We're in 2018. We need to have technology that prevents coffee from leaking on our clothes. Am I right or am I right? You're right. Especially it's like parlay week too in MLS around the league with, re you know, recyclable goods as well. Yeah. Like it, do better coffee shops. Yeah. Uh, one other thing. I, I about, don't know how I parlayed that in. That was I an awful know. parlay. You tried your best. I was trying my best. Uh, so be the, good to the world this weekend, guys. Right. Earth Day. Um, what would be better for the earth and specifically Toronto FC, it's part of the earth, is if Victor Vasquez was playing. We have some news on Vasquez in a few moments, but if Vasquez plays in a game like that, Terry, that's kind of the missing ingredient, just that player that can pick that extra pass, that extra little bit of quality. Not saying that TFC doesn't have other attacking players. It's Vasquez was the missing link last, link last year winning the MLS Cup, and I really think that you miss him in moments like that. Good point. I, I think you miss his awareness and his ability to find space, and, and, and that game was 100 miles an hour, and, and I think Vasquez is able to slow the tempo down, pick it up, and, and I think they missed his linkage big time. But going into that second leg I think TFC will be confident they created chances they weren't broken down and, and, and this this team isn't out of this planet and, and I think TFC uh, by no means is this tie over let's talk about that next what adjustments need to be made and a trip to Houston before that Wheeler dump with you this is come on your reds this is Come On You Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you. So Toronto FC fall 2-1 in the first leg against Chivas de Guadalajara. Greg Vanny said today that he's hopeful Victor Vasquez will in fact travel down to Mexico for the second leg and is hopeful he can play a part. I think that he would be a crucial addition as you need to score goals. You need to win 2-0. Ideally, a two-goal victory would seal the championship for you. If not, you got to win by a score of 3-2, 4-3, get those away goals in order to come away with the CONCACAF Champions yeah, League. Yeah, it's been a real tough one for Vasquez. And if he's able to play even 30 minutes, I think it'd be huge. He's been out a little while right now. And I, th I think, uh, can he go 90 minutes? Probably not. But the... But I think I think thirty that, minutes at the end of the game. 45. I, think, I think it'd be huge to have him back in the squad in the group, and you feel like you're in the penalty box a little bit when you've got these sort of nerve injuries. There's not a lot you can do. You can't be smashing weights around in the gym or or working on your fitness. You just sort of need to take a a complete break till it heals. But I'm sure he'll be desperate to play, and uh, ho hopefully that'll be the case. What other adjustments do you make? Terry, see, like the cards are being played. Chivas isn't going to change their style of play. They're going to be like, they're going to do what they did to the New York Red Bulls, basically throw a blanket on you, man mark, that high pressure might sit back a little bit deeper. 
So what do you do differently for yeah, TFC? I, I think with Vasquez, adrenaline will get him through a little bit. So hopefully he's able to play. And, and it's just, it's a final. So it's it's not, with all due respect to the MLS, just a, another league game. This yep. is, you know, when you say, is he fit enough to play in a cup final? Well, these are the circumstances. So I, I hope he's good to go. I, I don't think you change a whole bunch. I, I, I think systems go out the window a little bit. I think you need to be a little bit cautious. As we saw TFC in the last 15 minutes of, of the first leg, they didn't throw the kitchen sink at Chivas because if they concede a third, then it really was game over. So I, I think you don't want to leave yourself too exposed. I I, think- I've, I've heard this, like so many people say, well, score an early goal, then you know you can kind of push on. I don't think they need to score no, an early I, goal. I agree with you. I think that they just need to keep Chivas from scoring. Yeah, and I think just believe and, and trust in, in, in what you did in the first leg and, and the fact that TFC created six or seven great opportunities. Uh, I, I think that'll bode them well just become a little bit more ruthless in that final final third and in that box when that chance does come your way and, and I think be ready for the for a crazy tempo be ready for a full stadium and I think the experiences so far in the cup competition the US guys playing against Mexico I think this will put put TFC in good stead and just be ready for, for an absolute battle and jewels all over that park and I think if you win seven or eight of these jewels TFC might win I I've, I've said I said this after 90 minutes with Eric Giacometti I've said this to other people um this TFC team can score against anyone, anywhere. I don't worry about them scoring goals. For me, the key is defensively. You just simply can't let a Pizarro or whoever have theirs because you saw them at times, especially during the latter stages of that first leg, the way that they were able to just keep possession and just dance on the ball, bring out their dancing shoes and do the samba at times. I mean, there are some players with real talent and skill and you simply just can't, afford to concede because if you're being asked to score three or four goals then I think it's a big ask. Yeah and I think it goes back to to just winning those battles there's no sort of consistent pattern to their play it's it's all a little bit five aside style it's all a little bit off the cuff but they do have individuals that 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 can sort of change a game in a second by dropping their shoulder i don't think they've got players that are going to run away from you or or we're going to see crazy overlaps or overloads out wide from fullbacks but pizarro's a jinky player pulito is is a player who 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 can hurt you if he's given time and space got in as i was a bit disappointed with him the young 21 year old he, he he looked a little bit Green, if I'm honest, up top. He, he looked like he's not played a whole bunch of games. So uh, look for Pineda maybe breaking from midfield. But I, I think uh, it'll be on TFC to dictate the tempo of the game. Uh, Chivas do Especially get, going forward. Chivas do get three players back. Their goalkeeper, Cota, their captain and center back, Pereira, and their left back, Hernandez, as well. Um, so Thanks be- for that great news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, want some more great news? Yeah. MLS, in their infinite wisdom, and we love MLS. We do, let, like, Let's be honest here. We're fans of the league. We love the direction. We love the football. But I just simply do not get the decision to not postpone this fixture this weekend. I think against it- Houston. Look, they're, they're willing to move fixtures in the buildup. So Toronto FC can get there. Then ahead of the most important game of this entire competition, Houston and MLS are unwilling to move it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see Houston's side. I, I, Houston's already had a game postponed with, well, with the New York Red Bulls. Uh, but, but what will happen is the Houston uh, Dynamo fans aren't going to see Michael Bradley. They're not going to see Javinko. They're, they're going to see, they're gonna see uh, 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 
with all due respect to the players, a younger team, some squad players, and it's a good opportunity for them. Sure it is. But I, I think TFC have to look after themselves. And, and, and at the moment, that the mandate's to win this competition, I, I the CONCACAF Champions League. The cynic in me. The cynic. And oh, there is that one? side of me. <laughs> no, but what if the New York Red Bulls made the final were playing Club America? I wonder if they would have made that adjustment for a New York team. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Why don't you just leave that hanging there? I'm just going to leave that little nugget out there. But as we, <laughs> we, we said in our preview, I, I think it's, it'll be nice for the younger players to get a second opportunity. They, they'll, have, they'll have learned from things against Colorado that they can improve and, and uh, the things that they've done well. Hopefully they can kick on with those. And the group hadn't played together a whole bunch before that Colorado game, so we might see a, a more collective, uh, uh, more or players more on the same page. A more polished performance yeah. from players who, quite frankly, played with played with one another for the first time against Colorado. Let, in our remaining minutes, let's... More ref- cohesive. That was the word sure. I was looking for. Um, polished, cohesive, whatever. Um, let, let's dip into that Colorado game. TFC lost 2-0 to the Rapids a week ago. Conceded two goals that you don't like. Other than that, there were some decent moments. Um... MLS debuts for Ryan Telfer. I called his game with York University. Now this guy's in the TFC first team. That's I just think cool, it's amazing. Though, to see a local oh. uh, university product now playing for, for TFC. Man. And it gives it gives young players at university or young players in around the city hope to say, you know what, I can, I can be the next Ryan Telfer. This is possible. Uh, Liam Fraser in MLS debut. Built a nice Julian culture. Dunn in MLS debut. So uh, am I missing anyone? I think that's it in terms of MLS Jordan debuts. Hamilton got a run. Ben Spencer are played up top. Yeah. He doesn't play a whole bunch of football. So, yeah, I thought Telford did okay at left back. I don't think that's his best position. I think he's no. more of a number nine or a winger, as we saw in the second half. And the half. return of Jason Hernandez, a popular player around the club, both on and off the field. Played 45 minutes. We'll see if he can play a little bit more Apparently, this Apparently, when he showed up in Mexico at the team dinner, no one really knew. A couple players knew, and uh, he got quite the applause from the players. I think he actually got fined as well. They've got a fining system here, and they said, you're fine for being four months late. <laughs> <laughs> that, means he like can't, that. Like, that means he can't go in and buy another fancy hat. He's got great hat game. Really? Rivals me. Oh, I don't know about that. See, but I wear mine just to take the attention away from the face. He's a beautiful human being, so <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about that. Um, I thought Jay Chapman was very good. I thought he was the best of uh, the younger players uh, or players who were, who were sort of been biding their time for an opportunity. Looked comfortable on the ball, played in gaps nicely. Don't think he gave it away. Uh, Julian Dunn, young, young Canadian youth international, I thought he came on off the bench, had a big smile on his face the next day. And Aiden Daniels as well, he traveled with the team, signed a first-team contract, and the knock-on effect of that was great. I thought he had his best performance for TFC2 last night against North Carolina. Greg told me, Greg Denny told me that there might be even a couple more new faces with the team this weekend. You wouldn't confirm, you wouldn't deny, you wouldn't say who, I have no clue. You'll have to tune in Saturday to find out. I'll have to check my emails. I don't know. I I honestly, I just asked him as he was walking out of his press conference, I said, Greg, um, you know, some new faces showed up at the last minute in Colorado. Can we see the same in Houston? He said, we'll see. Maybe one or two. So... Who knows? Maybe some other opportunity for young talent within this organization, within this club, which would be great to see. Also, I, I, honestly, older washed-up statesman, Sheru. Uh, uh, I to, I told. Maybe we should tell the people. We told Jimmy Liston, uh, who's basically the fitness. I don't know what Jim's Jim was head of uh, sports science. There you go. I told him I had forty-five good minutes to contribute. A thirty-seven-year-old MLS 
debutante in Gareth Wheeler? I could see it happening. I could I, I know work it's hard a bit of a center back. I know it's a bit of a minutes. topic, I think, in California right now with the tumbleweeds collecting. <laughs> <laughs> when you said to Jim Liston, I'm good for 45, a tumbleweed just smoked right past. I think he was There was some awkward silence. I think he was intrigued. I, like what? what a story that How would be! How do you grasp that he's intrigued? And they could sign me to the ch- cheapest, the, the cheapest two-day contract dude, in MLS history. You would pay? Yes, I, I would yes. pay. I would pay to see this. Imagine that. I would sponsor you. Dunfield and Wheeler, your center backs. Don't put me with you. No. Why? And then you said as well, I can play a shift and I track back. Anytime you play in a charity or celebrity game, you just sit up top like Ibra and don't That's move. That's because those games don't matter. This but now you're going to say you track back. Oh, this the, here I would. It's my DNA, buddy. Pires, yeah, buddy. That's that's the way that I am. Just call me Busquets. Um, so TFC, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, TFC at the Houston Dynamo, Just three call p.m. Busquets. Yeah, that's like me saying the other day on the Champions League, like, I look like Ramos. Well, you keep on going on about you record-setting goal scorer. Come on, <laughs> big three. Yeah. <laughs> Easy there, Big Tez. Don't tell. Don't tell. That's what we should call you. Uh, So TFC Dynamo, 3 p.m. this Saturday to achieve us the match on Wednesday. Then we'll wrap it all up next week on next week's podcast. Yeah, all the best to the boys in Houston. Uh, Take that opportunity. It was actually probably my favorite Bar BMO, uh, favorite stadium on the MLS circuit. BBVA. I love playing playing there. A couple good uh, uh, independent breweries down there, too. I went down there for the City United game last year. I'm not Very really good. a big drinker, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> a little comedy <laughs> to wrap it up here. Uh, nice work, Terry. You're going to be able to see Terry all over the TV next week because that's what he does now. On behalf of everyone here at TFC, Ellie, Renata, who's ever in the back room that we're pissing off right now, I'm Wheels. He's Dunfield, and this is Being Come on Your Reds. <laughs>